episode 26 of the Bearded Car Cast. Normally we wait till after the show to name it, but I think we're going to call this one Burn Notice. Okay. For the story of uh, Brian Colangelo that we'll talk about uh, coming up here in a little Holy bit. Holy moly. Maybe we should just start with Brian Colangelo. How many Twitter accounts do you have? Uh, well, it depends. Do we count the Bearded Car Cast Twitter account? Yes. Then I probably have, uh, I have access to four. So maybe you are Brian Colangelo. <laughs> well, no, we'll see. Mike Pacheco Colangelo. <laughs> no, I'm uh, Eric Jr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no yeah. my favorite, my favorite was what is it, Sixers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> yeah. No, but mine makes, I mean, mine, mine aren't for that purpose, though. I mean, the, the we have a the Knights radio booth one that we promote the Knights. We have the Bearded Car Cast. Uh, I have one from the Pacheco papers that is just really kind of vacant. And then, of course, my Mike Pacheco 81. Right. And at any moment, you could be harassing someone I using could. an alternative account. I could, but I've outed myself. So if you see something, I don't have like I don't have like a UBX 782 <laughs> Twitter hand. I don't have any of those. Here's the weird thing. I'm reading that Colangelo story last night. And for those who haven't heard, I'm sorry that you've been hiding. Go to the ringer and the read it right now. Go, <laughs> run to your run to your uh, computer. Well, you're on your computer if you're listening to us. Right. So. He took over for Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia, Brian yeah. Colangelo, and obviously they have a lot of young talent, maybe one of the most exciting young teams in the NBA, and the GM has two or three or four, or it, it seems likely, Twitter accounts. Yeah. I don't at that point have any problem with it. It's the utilization right. of those accounts right. that is the issue. The fact that people are hovering on social media trying to get information, follow people, be well-sourced and well-thought-through and thorough. That all makes right, sense. Right. But then it also seems as though he is throwing his own team under the bus at times and maybe even compromising some of what they're trying to do. Well, and apparently he put some strategy out there. He, he kind of called guys out for being hurt or uh, suggesting that uh, – uh, was it Okafor passed, failed a physical? I mean, and he was prompting the media right. to kind of ask questions to investigate. Yeah, very, very. Could you? I, I love this from Pro Football Talk today from Mike Florio. Can you imagine if Bill Belichick had a burner Twitter? See, account? but here's the thing: I think they all do. They all have one that they, that they just to see what's going on. Right, but like, but this was like blatantly like trying to influence and say stuff. I'm not so sure this isn't normal. The getting caught part, right. Is the problem. I mean, if the Russians can influence the election, right. why would we think the NBA or the NFL executives aren't doing something similar? Wasn't it the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals a year or two ago were caught hacking into the Astros? Yes, yes. How is this significantly right. different than right. that? No, this, well, it, it, different in the sense of this wasn't necessarily, this was more of a propaganda, this was more of like a, um, what is it, like Clint This Watts? is more amateur. It's more amateur, but it's also more of like an influencing campaign. Yeah, I just like like the, like the other like the Houston the Astros and Cardinals thing that was just theft of data. Right. So that's completely different. It, it's different, but the idea that there's espionage right. and there's behind well, it's the bad scenes, trade crap, whatever it is, right? It, exactly. But isn't the biggest problem he got caught? Well, it, I mean, it does look bad now. The, the the Sixers are conducting an internal investigation. Right, but like like, and I know this is a a, a hot button topic for you, but like Deflategate. The only issue with Deflategate, whether you agree with the Patriots or everybody else, is that they got caught. 
It doesn't have anything to do with the PSI of the footballs. That's all a bunch of nonsense. Right, right. But well, it, 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 it all goes to gaining some sort of advantage, edge, or getting your perspective out in, in, t- in terms of Colangelo. You know, Deflategate and the, and the the football thing and, and Spygate, I mean, that was all more of just trying to get an edge on the field. This was just trying to – it was it was a, in this day and age it was kind of interesting because it's it does kind of come in line a little bit with what we're seeing uh, at the presidential Absolutely. level in that I mean, this guy's trying to prop himself up as well as make other people look bad and justify his existence to some extent and he kind of went after Sam Hinkey right but and the, the guy in Toronto that that replaced the him the inclination is everyone is going to play judge and jury right oh this is terrible. I think it's stupid, but yeah. I don't know if it's terrible. Well, he didn't commit any crimes. I mean, it's not like a criminal. It's not against. I mean, it's stupid, no doubt about it. It's ridiculous, it, it, and I hate to say this, but it's fun. But if it's it fun, would, I mean, if fun. it was done well, if he didn't get caught and he was influencing journalists to ask questions that he wanted asked to his players, and he was using it to his advantage. Now, I'm not speaking to the morality of it, but if it's done well and it pays off, is it necessarily bad? Hmm. I mean, it's just it's just an extension of propaganda, right? But is it bad? I mean, it it's it seems narcissistic to it to an extent. Well, it seems bizarre, and it seems it, it like I it's think, a little bit amateur hour that he got cut, right? Yeah, of course. But if instead it's fake of, news, Dave. Instead of him doing this, yeah. If he hired a guy from MIT, right. and said, "Here's what I want to do. I want to promote myself." And I want, at times, to be able to say certain things about certain people without being <laughs> caught. And right. I want to do it in this very strategic, thoughtful right. way. I, I mean, wouldn't we go, but why would oh, you... how progressive and thoughtful? No, but that'd be just as dumb. It'd just be dumb in a different way because now you're setting yourself up. Now this guy owns you. This guy from MIT, if he's smart enough, can say, uh, you know, Brian, I think I need a, I need a six-figure salary. I need to, you know, because what, what – because now I have the goods on you. But give him a six-figure salary. Who cares? I mean, we're in a, we're in a world of trying to get information, right. right? And we're in a world of spin. Now, I think this looks stupid. I think it looks well, no, amateur. What, what, but I'm not convinced that it can't work. But th- this is a new school problem to something that's been going on for decades. Yes. Because before, you would cultivate... Uh, a beat writer, maybe a columnist, right. maybe a, a third media member that somehow is close enough to the team that, you know, maybe, and, and way back in the day when TV news people would break stories, you know, you might you might have a TV yeah. reporter that was kind of your, your your the person that you could spin your yeah your mashugana, and now you can do your own mashugana. Well, remember the story that came out. Uh, Don't you like the use of mashugana? Yes, very good yeah. mashugana. Re- remember a month or two ago the story about. Uh, Brady and Belichick, the the Seth Wickersham yeah. story, and everyone kind of thinks that that stuff was leaked from the Patriots. Well, and some people think that it was leaked directly from Belichick to Wickersham. Right, because they wanted to get out a narrative. Right. They weren't stupid enough to make up 17 <laughs> fake Twitter accounts. But how is that drastically different? It just, It's different, I think, in the sense of this is more self like he's doing it himself which maybe doesn't make it seem as bad but 
five tw- like five different okay, burner accounts. Let, let, like let's, I don't know. Let, let's, that just seems weird. Let's excessive. drop back and think about this again. Okay. What if Sam Hinkie or what if Colangelo or what if Brian Polian or what if Bill Belichick or some executive wanted to say everything that Colangelo says in these five weird Twitter accounts, right. and they'd put their name on it. How would we react to that? It would be it would be different because executives generally don't speak like that right. of their own players. So would that be inappropriate and unprofessional and therefore he would get in trouble for it? Or would it be unconventional and new age? Well, but players kind of do the same thing. I mean, right. players sometimes will go go quiet sourcing to, to get what they want out in the media. I mean, it, it's it's just the way the game's been played. Now, now it's just Brian Colangelo has just taken this to a new age level. Right. I just like, you read it and you go, what an idiot. But is it that bad? Like, like I think the way he went about it looks really silly. But the idea that he has strong opinions and he wants to put right, out his right. strong opinions, how does that differ drastically from any media member or player or fan. It's, it's because his position that he shouldn't still have those feelings or he shouldn't articulate those feelings? No, but it, I think it just... It, if you can't say it with your name on it, why would you? Why do you think you can get away with it when it's anonymous? Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, when you read the way that story came to be, if the whole article is to be believed... I mean, some anonymous... Somebody figured it out, or someone caught wind of it. Right, and then gave it to the ringer. I mean, like, it seems to me, if there are 50 guys doing what Colangelo did, 49 of them are getting away with it, and one guy got caught. Here's This is, again, we're just surmising here, but I, I, I would think the more norm would be you have one kind of anonymous, I, I think the fact that he had five, you know what I mean? Like, I think most, I, I would say most people probably do have an anonymous Twitter account, even if they have a public one in that in that line of work, just to kind of see what you're doing. Um, and it's probably more prevalent, uh, I could see, like, media departments and... Uh, I mean, why wouldn't an athletic department have that, where you would follow the athletes underneath you, yeah. and then you could, you know, make sure that they're being appropriate on social media? That That's... I bet that's I bet most athletic departments are. Right. Yet the only difference is that person or that account is then not dumping on those players <laughs> well, yeah. publicly. Well, and you know, yeah, the difference I think there's a big difference between monitoring and then pushing propaganda. Yeah. I I agree and I I think it looks bad. I'm just not convinced it's wrong. Maybe ill-advised is the. Maybe it's yeah. It's not a right or wrong. It's just. I think it's, it's just not a poorly smart, done. Right, and it, and it's embarrassing. It makes them look bad. Oh, there's no question about that. So where does this leave the Sixers? So the Sixers have been eliminated. We're down to the Warriors and the Cavaliers, like we've been for four straight years. But if you look at the other teams, I mean, there are only maybe five or six teams aside from the Warriors in Cleveland that you go, geez, next year, the year after. This team could be really, really good. How does this impact a team that has maybe the best young core of players in the league? And when you look at team aspect, Dave, I mean, there's always that circle the wagons mentality and it's us against the world. If you're one of those players, how do you feel like you can trust? Right. So does he get fired for this? That's a great question. I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me. 
is this, or the bigger question is, is this something that he can rebound from, no pun intended, since it's a basketball team? Well, I mean, maybe it's unimportant. I mean, they yeah. already have the core. Any idiot could go from what they have now right. to trying to add the one or two more pieces. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to say maybe they should go after LeBron or Kawhi right, Leonard right. or DeMarcus Cousins to try to add one more piece to the puzzle. I mean, maybe he's just not necessary. I mean, maybe it's easy to throw him over the boat at this point because it doesn't matter. But, but if you're the Sixers and you wake up today and you read that story and you're Joel Embiid or you're Ben Simmons, are you thinking, yeah, whatever. Like, I love the guys on my team. We've got a great young core. We're going to add in the draft and free agency. We're going to be the team to beat in the East for the next five years. Or do you go... Oh, what a train wreck. i got to get out of here. Well, it becomes a trust issue at this point, right? With, I mean, you... But how much does the GM deal with the players? I mean, I understand they have the opportunity to trade them. You're not trading Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. What, what impact, what relationship do those people need to have? Well, I think, I mean, they're still t- technically their boss. You know, I mean, I, I know they technically report to the coach first, but, I mean, it's the guy, in some cases, the guy that drafted you, the guy that signed you. So there's, you know, you, you, you want to have, I think as an athlete, you want to have a good relationship. You don't have to have a good relationship with the with the people upstairs. I don't know that you have to have any relationship. You have to have a relationship with your teammates to some degree and with your coach to some degree. I mean, yeah, you're going to see the dude on a charter flight, but, like, what interaction do you need to have with a general manager? It's the guy that somewhat has say over your career. So I think you want to have... I mean, let me put this... Let, I mean, this, he this, can't this, trade those guys. The best players on the Sixers aren't going anywhere. The only spot that he's in is to add and enhance right. the roster or not. But it's still... You're the analytical, I'm the touchy-feely guy. I think if I'm working for an organization and I feel like this guy is saying stuff about me... That's going to make me uncomfortable. I think when he gets fired, it's going to be because he's not very good at that job, not because of this. I think this is a great excuse to say, yeah, we're going to move in a different direction. But, I mean, I think a lot of the moves that have been made under his tenure, people have not looked at all that glowingly. Right, yeah. And that might be the that might be the nail. So let's switch gears. Right. Kind of the same thing, moving away from the Sixers, but talking about those other teams. Houston came one game away from the NBA Finals. The Celtics came within one game of the NBA Finals. LeBron James is back in it again. He's there every year. Your son's 11. He's like Jason from Friday the 13th. He yeah, just won't die. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, your son, in the time he's yeah. been watching basketball, which is not a short period right. of time, has known nothing other than LeBron James yes. representing the East right. in the NBA <laughs> yeah. Finals. So... If you're those teams... That oh, wait, so let's go back for one second. I got a trivia question for you. All right. Starting second baseman for the Cleveland Indians the last time LeBron James was not not in the NBA Finals. This is a very random question. It is a second baseman. Second baseman. Yeah, I don't know. Who is it? Mark Redzelanik. Yeah, well, there, <laughs> there you go. 2010. He's, he's been retired for how many years? Yeah. Um, you, you just... So... LeBron essentially runs the Eastern Conference, yeah. and he has now for a long period of time. 
before you consider what all those other teams should do, Houston mm -hmm. and Philadelphia and San Antonio, those other contending-type teams, you have to ask the question, what's LeBron going to do? So if you're LeBron James, and we know that he runs whatever franchise yeah. he's a part of, What's the game plan? Let's assume, and you can't assume, and we'll get into the NBA Finals in a couple of minutes, but if the Warriors win the NBA Finals, and they are right. a dramatic favorite to do so, if you want to win $1,000 on the Warriors, you have to bet 10000 If you want to win $800 right. on the Cavs, you only have to bet 100 I mean, those are what the odds look like. So if the Warriors win, and now you're LeBron, what's the decision? Well, I would throw it back this way, not to answer a question with a question, but what's his incentive to leave? In other words, I mean, he's taken a bunch of guys to— Well, the, I think the incentive is if they no, lose— No, think about it this way, right? Okay, he uh, he's from that area, right? He's from the Cleveland area, from Akron, right? He, he I think he wants to put roots down there. He, he, I think he wants to stay there. So he knows he can win with whatever, you know, seven, eight guys. That well, I think that's the question. I don't know that he can. I mean, if they lose in four or five games. If they get swept, maybe there's a, a discussion that has to be had. You right, know, and, and they barely beat the Celtics, and Boston was playing without two of their four right. best players. I mean, I, I think if we started this season over or we began next season and Cleveland had the same roster they did now and Boston has the same roster, Philly has the same roster, I think they'd be about the third or fourth choice to to win out of the East. Right, right, right. So so I think the idea is if he stays in Cleveland, he needs to be able to go bring in Chris Paul right. or whatever it else. Or, or he is. needs to have the assurance that they're going to put pieces around him. Right. right, but they've kind of—they're very leveraged because of all the moves yes. they've made over the last several years to to accommodate LeBron. The idea that he could go to Philadelphia and play with Embiid and Simmons, or go to Boston and play with their core, or go to San Antonio, or go to Houston—I mean, if he goes to Houston, now he's playing with James Harden, and maybe Paul comes back and. and he does kind of more of a, a Kevin Durant. But, he moves into a right. situation where he can win right away. Well, but I also think he's very in tune with who he is and and what his impact is in that in that community. And you know, he took a beating when he went to Miami. Yep. And they won a championship. I mean, he's won championships in Miami. He's won a ch championship in Cleveland. Is he? If he were a guy that didn't have a, a NBA championship, Dave, I would say he's probably a gun for hire. But I think I think he's strategic now and would probably only go somewhere. I don't know if he's chasing championships right now as opposed to trying to keep a championship in Cleveland. So if he stays in Cleveland, what do they have to do to win a championship? Maybe they're going to win one this year. I don't think right. it's going to happen, no, but, but so, may yeah. maybe they are. Like, it seems to me they're multiple pieces away because when you match them up against Boston or Philly right. going forward, right. I, I mean, Cleveland's getting older. Those teams are adding pieces. They're getting better. I, I just don't think Cleveland is the favorite to win the East next year if everything no. is the same. So they need to make major moves. Well, what are those moves? What do you think they are? Um, I think the easiest thing for LeBron to do to get back to the finals is to join a better team. Because I think in order for Cleveland to add that talent, you're either going to add old guys like Chris Paul who yeah. get injured. And, and Chris Paul was unbelievable in the Western Conference playoffs right up until he got hurt and cost his team the chance yeah. to, to go to the finals. So then you're talking You say about, it like you did it on purpose, though. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens to guys in they their late 30s. I know, I know. They got, they, that, that's they the old, play late into the year. Yep. That's the old Larry fan, Bird. It's the fantasy football argument. 
don't draft old yeah. running backs. I understand you remember when Steven Jackson yeah. was great. He's not great anymore. Right, right. Those guys slowed down. And if Cleveland were to try to get young guys, I don't know how you go about acquiring them. So you have to take those old veterans who get paid a lot of money, whereas he could simply tap dance his way yeah. onto a roster that, that's much, much better. But does he? Uh, I guess the. I mean, this is a question only he can answer, right? Uh, you know, is that at his age? Does he want to do that, or is he content just staying home and trying to do the best they can with what they can? put Can together? you imagine him not being in the NBA Finals? Him being okay with? Yeah, you know, we're not quite as good. We're competitive, but after eight straight years in the Finals, I'm good with losing in the second round of the no, playoffs. No, but I mean, but but look what he's and look what he's been able to do this year, and I can this. I, Really, it's incredible. It's incredible. The team around him isn't very good. I know, but but I don't know. Sometimes I think, I think when you put a team together and you win with that team, sometimes there's a temptation to say, "Oh, well, this team can do it again." Now, maybe there isn't, but there is sometimes that temptation. Oh, maybe if we just add this or do that and kind of piecework together. That's why I think it'd be interesting to find out where where his head's at because. Again, I think he's so tied into that area, and I think he wants to, to kind of be the guy. I think if he were to leave again, I think that – I think maybe some people would understand, but I think there might be that backlash again. I don't know if he would want to deal with that again. I mean, there would definitely be some backlash, but if he went to Houston and now he's playing with a team that's already championship-ready, yeah. same with Boston, same with Philadelphia. I mean, let's talk about your Celtics. They're your yeah. favorite team, and they have not only a lot of talent, but a lot of assets and oh, resources and they got at their disposal. One, what, next but year? they don't have the guy. Maybe Kyrie Irving is the guy. We'll see how when he comes back from the injury. But they don't have the Kevin Durant, LeBron James. They have a bunch of really, really good players. They have a great general manager. They have a very, very yeah. good coach. But they don't have the guy. How much would you go out of your way to get LeBron James? What if it costs you Kyrie Irving? What if LeBron James says, I'm coming, but I'm not playing with that guy? Well, we've seen LeBron James uh, play with lesser point guards. I mean, right? You know, I mean, would would I take that deal? Probably. Right. I mean, you you signed him to. I his mean, you because you're winning. You're playing a one or two year, one or two year. You know, I mean, it's a short term deal. Maybe it's just a one year deal. Right. But but for the chance to win, I mean, you put you put LeBron in any team in the East, and you're giving yourself an automatic chance to go deep into the playoffs. I mean, history suggests you will be in the NBA Finals. Yes. Yeah. So, but if, you put him on that Celtics team, right? Oh man, forget about it. I mean, there are going to be a lot of guys that aren't going to touch the basketball. No, I mean, need you, to. yeah. I mean, what do you do with you know? I mean, Gordon Hayward, like you know, where is he going to get touches? You know, uh, Tatum and and Brown. You know, I mean, they would that would kind of upset the apple cart in some respects. But um, but LeBron is, you know, he is a good pass. He's a, he's a good distributor. I mean, Great. he he made me do that just as well as he's a, is a shooter. I mean, so and you know sometimes he has that kind of that. He's point one of the forward. great players yeah, of all no doubt. time. He does everything. You know what? I don't like um I, I don't like the MJ versus LeBron debate for this reason, and maybe it's because I've seen them both. But it, it's like picking between a a high end Lamborghini and a and a high end Porsche. I mean, the two really good. Like, how how do you pick between? Two? I thought we were embracing debate. We are embracing debate. Yeah, that's what we do here. I mean. Th that debate is meaningless except for the fact it's fun. It's like, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? I mean, that, 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 it's the summertime, Mike. It is the there's summertime. There's nothing to talk about. I know, about. there's nothing to talk about. And we'll, we'll, we'll be debuting throughout the summer of some of our, our favorite. Hot takes. Fa no, our favorite summertime topics. That'll be coming up here. Favorite we movie.
we haven't discussed where we are. We're at the, we're at the, the rooftop of Dave's new pad uh, in Uptown Charlotte, and it is absolutely scorching and beautiful here today. We've got a good cloud cover. Got a good shot of the, uh, the Charlotte skyline. The Fourth Ward neighborhood is not Ward one is... I knew of until you took I me know. to Alexander Michaels about two months ago, and I called my wife and I said, "Hey, we ought to look at real <laughs> estate over there." And here we are. So, I mean, do I get like I should get I should get a finder's fee for this, don't I? Do I get something? Yeah, you get to hang out and do the podcast nice. on the, on the nice. fourth floor deck. I love it. I love this. I, I I wish I had seen this before you. Yeah, so we're about a 10-minute walk from Bank of America yep. Stadium, about yep. a 12 or a 15-minute walk from the Spectrum Center. Is yep. that what we call it these days? Spectrum Center, the yeah. Spectrum That's Center. We, in fact, we when we went to uh, lunch at Alexander Michaels, it was the first round of the tournament. Right, first round of the NCAA tournament, and we're about 15 minutes from the Spectrum Center. That's where the Hornets play. Yeah. How do the Hornets play into all of this? I mean, they seemingly are turning over the roster yep. or the the upper management constantly. And quite frankly, they don't have a lot of things that make you go, oh, yeah, the future is bright. Right, right. I mean, you've got Kemba Walker, who you got to figure out what to do with because right. he's going to be a free agent. He may not stay. If you pay him, it's going to be a small fortune, and he's clearly not the best player on a championship team. You don't have a top five draft pick where you're you know going to get an impact yeah. impact generational type player you've got a couple of albatross contracts to deal yeah. with and not a lot of young guys of extraordinary value maybe Malik Monk becomes a player at right. some point and at least he doesn't make that much money at this point but year one didn't go well, well where are you at well are they not kind of where the Panthers were when Dave Gettleman came in? Now, minus some assets, um, and it's difficult to compare a football team and a basketball team. Kemba Walker is 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 by far your 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 lone all star, your your quote unquote superstar player. This and I hate doing this, but you may have this may be one of those where Mitch Kupchak just has to tear it down to the studs. I mean, the problem with the way the NBA works is you almost have to do that. A now, max don't you? contract is. A max contract. So, yes, if you want to keep your best player, you have to max him out. But now you're paying a guy that is nowhere remotely the same player as Steph Curry or James Harden or LeBron that same sort of money. The shocking thing that I've read about the Hornets in recent days and weeks is not where their talent level is. It's the fact they're paying so much money yeah. for these guys. Now, well, yes, and, and they had Dwight, to pay Nick Batum. And, right, and Dwight Howard will come off the books yeah. after next year. Batum's contract is a disaster. But, like, if you're Mitch Kubchak, you don't even have a starting point. You don't have a million draft picks going right, forward. Right. You don't have a young superstar to build around. Like, it's unclear to me what the move is. You and I talked about maybe three, four weeks ago. I think if you can get Kawhi Leonard, you do yeah. anything to get Kawhi Leonard. The problem was with that are, I don't think they have the resources to get him. I mean, you would have to trade essentially everything you have of value, which means young players on inexpensive Mm -hmm. contracts, Walker, your only actual good player, and future draft picks, and now you've got a bare roster with the decaying carcass of Dwight (laughs) Howard and Nick Batum because nobody will take them. I mean, 
you just you're in a bad spot. Well, and what what uh, what's the timeline for this? I mean, is this like a three five year plan? I I don't know. Like you're you're in the worst possible position in sports. You're not one of the five worst teams in the league, meaning you're getting a great draft pick. You're barely on the cusp of contention for a playoff spot. In in your bad bad salary cap situation, it's a mess. And you've had kind of a you know a six eight year period where the team continues to recycle, and they haven't. You know the goal was when they got rid of Stephen Jackson and. Uh, Gerald Wallace, you know, Michael Jordan had that press conference where they talked about, you know, we don't want to be in the bottom four, just just happy to be in the playoffs. You know, we want to be in the top four. And, you know, it's it's proved to be a little more elusive than I think they, they thought it would be. Bring back Larry Brown? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I, it, it's a mess. I mean, if you're a basketball fan in Charlotte, I, I, I don't know where your optimism can possibly come from. Well, and here's the other issue, uh, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. What, what's what's the answer with Kemba Walker? I mean, he's probably the one tradable asset that you have, uh, and now he's a fan favorite, and as I talked to a friend— uh, But the thing is, he's not that valuable. Like, he can net you the 12th pick in the draft, the 14th pick in the draft. I mean, if you hit a home run— Awesome. Then that guy can be a difference maker. But the guys that generally make a difference are picked one, two, three, four, five. Sure, sure. I mean, if you could trade him for Mo Bamba, yeah, you take that lottery ticket and see what happens. Right. If you could trade Kim for one of those guys that you know has the potential to alter your franchise, you do it. They can't get that for him. So then what is it you're trading him for? A future draft pick netting you nothing right now? Maybe. I, I just I don't see the path forward. The roster doesn't have it on it. And the incoming roster, it's hard to get free agents here. They're in a bad salary cap situation. They don't have the right draft picks. It, it's a mess. Well, when you put it like that, Dave. It's a bad spot. I mean, you could very easily see us having the same discussion in five years with a different GM mm. and the same issues. Like, if Mitch Kupchak turns this around, the amount of credit he deserves is tremendous. And and the key is forming a plan. I'm, I'm just not sure right. what that plan is. Like, I don't think you can actually trade for Kawhi Leonard. I don't think you have the assets to get him. I don't think you can sign LeBron James. He's not coming here. Right. You you might hit a home run with a draft pick. Yeah. But at, at whatever they're picking, you know, between 5 and 15, right. th- that's – it just or, doesn't or, happen that frequently. Well, yeah, but then you get into the situation where you're doing a lot of horse trading. So, in other words, you know, you trade Kemba maybe for a draft pick, and then you package – I mean, it's it's kind of like taking uh, – what Right, you trade Kemba for the 12th pick. You take that pick and you're picking. You try to move up, right. but no one's going to move up down like like those two picks 12 and 15 or 9 and 18 those in the NBA those picks aren't worth anything yeah. I mean they they're, they're worth a, a marginal amount You're depressing me Dave It's true I mean I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a you know obviously a fan of basketball in the city I want to see the Hornets do well but you know you're painting a, a pretty picture I I just don't know where they go yeah. I I'm not sure I'm not sure their their plan but that's why we're not being paid to do it. If I was being paid to do it, I've had a plan. Well, it will be interesting to see uh, to see how they do it because I think the model, one of the model franchises 
as far as building blocks, has to be the, what Danny Ainge is doing with the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, I mean fleecing the Nets for a bunch <laughs> of draft picks is not a sustainable strategy because not everyone is able to accomplish that. I mean, drafting really well, yeah. that's a good sign, but you have to have those draft picks. I mean, right. the, the fact that they were able to get those high-leverage picks for a couple of decaying old guys, I mean, yeah, it's great that the Celtics took advantage of the Nets franchise. Yeah. If Mitch Kupchak could do that, he'd happily. But he also the, got, the, the phone also number got, is 704 yeah. uh, Hornets. And, and go ahead. If you'd like to trade us a bunch of draft picks for our bad players, but he go also, ahead. He also got um, a, a weekly protected number one pick from Sacramento through the Sixers. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just one team he's... For Markel Fultz. Yeah. I mean, he evaluated yeah. who he wanted at the top of the draft, and it wasn't Markel Fultz, and that was smart. And, oh, by the way, Mr. Colangelo and his 17 Twitter accounts, Markel Fultz, you know, he played for a Washington team that the head coach got fired on, yeah. and they weren't that good, and Fultz had a disaster of a first year, and maybe he's going to have a good future, and maybe he's not, but but that was a major mistake. Danny Ainge evaluated town. He recognized the guy he wanted. He could get at number three, yeah. and he made a leverage trade. That That's really good management. Guess what? The really good teams in the league make really good decisions. That's why the Warriors suck for 30 years and why they're really good now. Episode 26 of the Bearded Carcast. I am Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman alongside. We're in the 4th Ward, Uptown Charlotte, our first outdoor Bearded Carcast. Not quite in the car, but not in my kitchen and not at BB&T Ballpark and not at Winter Coliseum. I mean, since we're outdoors, we could have someone fire up a car and we could could listen to it. We kind of can hear the the birds in the background and the breeze. So I'm thinking maybe next time we do it up here, uh, we'll probably pick maybe October when it's... Yeah. And maybe a kegerator. Yes. Agreed on on both. What type of beer will we have? Or at least a cool. Well, we'll ask Ken Halpin. We'll ask Ken Halpin. Absolutely. Maybe we'll get the uh, arrogant bastard. Was that? Yes. Was that the one he liked? I don't know. Maybe I'll be out of the IPA phase by then. But still, I'm I'm still. You've been in the IPA phase for a while. Yeah, it's been like two three years now. Tonight, the Stanley Cup Finals, yeah. game number two, two, Vegas and Washington. And I know that game one got clobbered in the ratings by the Western Conference Finals, yeah. uh, Houston and Golden State's game seven. But what a compelling finals this is. A first-year franchise playing for a Stanley Cup against Washington, who has been the great cursed team, the one that always wins the President's Trophy and has one of the best offensive players of the generation and always falls short. I mean, it it is... It's as good as it gets from a storyline standpoint. Well, and then you throw in, how about the... uh, Even the pregame atmosphere for Game 1. I mean, there were people all around the arena... Uh, you know, Michael Buffer did the introductions. You know, that was really cool. And then you had a really good game, um, you know, on the ice. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, he's a, another great storyline, right? But, you know, in hockey, you just need, doesn't matter how old he is, you just need that one goalie that, that uh, kind of stands on his head uh, and can, can affect us. You know, he didn't do that in game one, but, I mean, you, you but you can he, do that. He did in the first three series. Yeah. I mean, I think they lost four total games. Didn't he give up like 10 total, total goals or 15 yeah, I mean, goals? It was, it was ridiculous. He's incredible. Yeah. Who are you cheering for? You know what? I know. So there's multiple theories on this, right? So I'm a Bruins fan. Uh, so that naturally should compel me to be an Eastern Conference guy. 
However, uh, I'm I can't root for the Capitals. I mean, I'm 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 kind of hoping the. Uh, I mean, the Golden Knights is a great story. You win See, in your first year. I'm also rooting for the Golden Knights because I always cheer against the cursed teams. Yeah. I never wanted the Red Sox to right. win. I never wanted the Cubs, Cubs to win. Yeah. I think it makes it great when yeah. you have these franchises right. that right. go forever and ever and yeah. ever without winning. And then it's that much more special when eventually they do win. The fact that the Caps have, you know, finally gotten over the hump yeah. beating Pittsburgh and made it to the cup finals. I'd love to see them lose. And what do they do in the offseason? And do they come back? And are yeah. they better than ever? Or is this kind of the right. knockout punch to get this far? And then from a Vegas perspective, can you imagine being a long-suffering Vegas fan? The team showed up four months ago and, <laughs> yeah, you're, and you're in the Stanley Cup finals. Like, like if, if, you're a, if you're a Vegas fan. Like those long-suffering Vegas fans, yeah, football fans? Exactly. Five years from now. If, if Vegas, that bodes well for the Raiders, doesn't it? Oh, well, yeah, but that, that's another story. If Vegas wins the Stanley Cup this year, yeah. five years from now, let's say they've made two more playoffs, they've had one or two bad years. If you're a fan, I mean, you can't get better than this. Right. Like, like the franchise. That but you can, if you win in your first year, you can almost only go down. Right. Yeah. Like, how is it sustainable? Also, here's a good question for you. Yes. Who are the people that show up on the road with Golden Knights gear? <laughs> like, I was watching a series earlier in the playoffs, and they're like a bunch of Golden Knight fans yeah. in San Jose or L.A. Yeah. Like, like, have those people been Golden Knights fans their entire lives? Like, how could you be 35 or 40 or 50 right. years old and just one day be, I love the Golden Knights? Because they're probably like the – the midnight to 6 a.m. blackjack dealers and just have something they need to latch on to to keep them keep themselves going you know take the take the time off and go and have a good time like if you live in Washington DC and you like but you think is that any different than maybe year 1 or year 2 of the Carolina Panthers and people going on the road well the uh, there, there, is, there is identity. I think there are people that do want to identify a team with their town, and I think I'm having a pro speaking, franchise allows that. The people that live in the city and right. have embraced the team, I got no beef with that. Oh, so it's, you're talking about some random person? You that, go to Detroit. Right. The Golden Knights are. But how do you know that those people aren't they, from Vegas? They could be, but but inevitably there are a few people that have just decided to cheer for yeah. the Golden Knights. Wherever, like, have you ever been? Do you buy jerseys? Do you have any any jerseys from any teams? Well, I mean, of course, I got the TB12, uh, the the home blue Patriot TB12. Sure. I have a uh, Dominic Hasek uh, Czech Republic. Okay, uh, that's unique. Sweater. Well, How we, did that come to Because when we went to visit uh, my mother-in-law when she was teaching English in the Czech Republic back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, you know, Hasek was. But have you ever bought a jersey from oh, I have someone a, random? I have, and I have a uh, number 40, is it 44 or 45? Uh uh, just because I loved him he, when he was with the Knights for a brief time, Jake Peavy. I have a Jake Peavy Red Sox. Right, and he uh, was on your favorite team, the yeah, Red Sox. But like, yeah. have you ever thought to yourself, I'm going to go buy an El Presidente Montreal Expos jersey, or you know what, I'm going to go to the store and see if I can find a uh, Ray Lewis jersey. No, but I did, I did buy, uh, and this was probably 1994, 95, uh, they had like a, uh, it was like a Jim Kelly Bills jersey. You couldn't really tell it was the Bills. It didn't have any Bills emblems or anything on it, but it was it was a Bills jersey. Was it like from the Tom Amansky videos? Uh, kind of like that. And uh, it was on sale at MVP Sports in Boston, and it was like uh, like six bucks. And you bought and it? I bought it. 
So you just have a random gym and I've never worn it. Yeah, and you've never <laughs> worn it. I think I wore it like twice. Like you, but like why? Why did you buy a Jim Kelly jersey? Because it was six dollars. It was six dollars, and I thought it'd be kind of cool. I was gonna cut it up and and uh, maybe just play it. like we were, we had a uh, flag football team that we played way back. Do back. you still own it? It's still in my drawer. <laughs> I still have I still have the uh, the my first home. Uh, Number 81 Merrimack College jersey. Well, you played. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, of I course you would have that. I, just, I mean, the Jim Kelly jersey is very random. Yeah. Like, at, like, do you think, like, at the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're going to buy a Mark andre Fleury Vegas jersey just for kicks and giggles? I could see myself maybe getting, like, the T-shirt jersey. Don't you think that's weird? You don't cheer for the team. You're not a fan of the players. Yeah. It's just a random guy. Yeah, it was it was, but that was a deal, man. I, I, it was, it was, I was I was seduced by the deal. It was the art of the deal. It was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wore it twice. I, uh, and maybe. For well, six how about bucks? you? What what kind of random? Do you have any jerseys? Random? Uh, you're not really no. a, a jersey guy. No, I mean I've always said if I could have one jersey, I would buy a Fennis Dembo Wyoming jersey sure. just because I think it's right. it's funny right. and ridiculous. Yeah. But but no, no. I mean, I had a Tim Hudson jersey shirt thing for a long time because right, right. I was an A's fan and I really, really liked Tim Hudson. But uh, no, I'm I'm not really a jersey guy. I mean, I, I would buy a Steph Curry jersey. I like the Steph Curry Davidson jerseys. I mean, yeah, that's I, pretty I, cool. I love Curry. I'm a Warrior fan, and I think the Davidson jersey. I think that's a yeah. a neat sort of deal. But no, that that's I I think that's weird. So John, my son has two. Uh, well, he's got three. He's got a Brady twelve. He's got uh, a Cam Newton. Actually, he's got two Cam Newtons, and he's got a Luke Keekley. But that all makes sense. Yeah. He lives in Charlotte, yeah. and the Panthers and the Patriots yeah. are the two teams yeah. he kind of roots yeah. for. It would be strange to me if you said, and he also has a Jared Goff jersey. He does not have a Jared Goff jersey. No, he does Nick not. Nick Foles? No, Nick Foles. Yeah, I mean, no. th- that would Russell be Russell really Wilson does not have a Russell right, Wilson. Right, that yeah. would be really right. strange. Right. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't have a uh, Jim Kelly Bryce jersey. Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper, no. No. Nope, doesn't have any of those. But you have a Jim Kelly jersey. I do have a Jim Kelly jersey. Ne- next week on the podcast, I might will have you to, wear the Jim I might, Kelly I might jersey? Have to, I, I hope I, I, mean, I If you I would like to see a idea. picture of Mike wearing the Jim Kelly jersey <laughs> while doing the podcast, send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. You know what, now i got to make sure... Uh, uh, Something's telling me it's at number four of that. I don't know. I have to, I have to go back and look. I got to look. I got Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. I'll dig it out. We'll take a picture of follow it. Follow us on Twitter at Bearded Carcast. Episode 26, emanating from beautiful Fourth Ward in Uptown Charlotte, outdoors on the fourth floor of Dave's new house. I am Mike Pacheco, Dave Freeman. Glad you're joining us here. Make sure you follow us along at Bearded Carcast. We're new on Instagram, so please, uh, we need some Instagram followers. And if you Bearded listen Carcast. using iTunes, give us a review yeah. and hopefully positive. Yeah, four stars, five stars. Right. Oh, and uh, give us suggestions for a Bearded Carcast burner Twitter account. Yes, absolutely. Let, let, let's fire and sp- up. And I'm speaking to you, Carlisles. <laughs> <laughs> summer in Charlotte, Dave. We've arrived summertime here in Charlotte. What do, you, what do you most look forward to in the summertime? Leaving. Leaving. It's too hot here in the middle of summer. Where are you summer. going this summer? Um, no extravagant plans. We're going to California for 
a couple of weeks to yeah, catch up with you guys have like a friends. You have like a passport uh, yeah, type thing. Yeah, no, we're, we're laying low, yeah. laying low. We were in Minnesota for a week or so. We're going to California for a couple of weeks. I've got a wedding to go to in upstate New York. Here's a good question for yeah, you. Yeah, I got it. So I've got a buddy. He's getting married. And he and his wife live between Albany and Saratoga Springs. You okay. know, every year my friends and I go to yeah. Saratoga now, Springs is this an August wedding? to bet the horses. It's a late July wedding, okay. which sets up perfectly okay. for the Saratoga racing season. Now, was that done on purpose? It was okay. done on okay. purpose. So the wedding is on a Friday. Yeah, wedding's on a Friday. Saturday, you can go to the track. Kind of everyone sure. that's going to the wedding right. is going to the track. Now, is Mike Francesa going to be there? Mike Francis is almost always at the track on the weekend, so I would say the chances are extremely high. I've been to Saratoga three straight years, and I've seen Mike Francesa all three of those How years. How about Bill so, Parcells? Yeah, I saw Bill last year with Dan Henning. So, yeah, yeah they'll probably they'll probably be there. Saratoga Springs is an amazing place. Love Saratoga In the summertime, Springs. if you like the horses, it's a great place. If you don't like the horses, it's a great place. Downtown and Caroline Street and all the restaurants oh, and bars awesome. is phenomenal. The track is a great social yeah. scene. Home of it's Skidmore great, College. It's unbelievable. Saratoga Springs is awesome. So the wedding is on a Friday. Friday night. And then Saturday, everyone's going to the track. I have already suggested that for anyone coming out of town, you typically put together, you know, like a little gift bag that you give to the people sure. that are staying right. at the local hotel or whatever. Yeah. Well, usually, you know, you put things native to that place sure. or if yeah. someone's going to have a couple too right. many to drink, maybe a bottle right. of water, maybe a couple aspirin, right. stuff like that, so maybe a little like food. Jim Kelly jerseys for everybody? Jim Kelly, $6 Jim Kelly jerseys for everyone. If there is not a betting voucher... In that gift bag, yeah. two dollar bet at the track right. for the next day. I think they're doing it all wrong. Yeah, you're I, in Saratoga Springs. Everyone's going to the track the next right. day. What's got to be in the gift bag yeah. is a betting voucher. I think we did for ours. We put in uh, scratch off tickets. I like it. We did Mass State Lottery scratch-off tickets. I had a friend get married last summer, and part of the gift was scratch-off tickets. Nicole and I drove from Charlotte to Burlington, Vermont, and we picked up scratch-off tickets in each state oh, on the nice. way and gave them as part of the gift. What's the most money you've won off a scratch-off ticket? Oh, boy. My grandpa and I used to scratch-off tickets with some regularity, uh... I don't know, 100 bucks. Yeah, I feel like the best we ever did is like 50 bucks. And it seems like the best we've ever done on a uh the best on a like a Powerball is like a like a couple of like a free ticket maybe. Or I, we have won money before. We've won like 50 bucks or 100 bucks. And then we just kind of let it roll and then we didn't win anything. You know, I like playing the horses, but I do that very seriously yes. and analytically. Well, That's hold on, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying you, you actually take time and handicap and, and <laughs> Mike Francesa and I. Yeah. Yeah, but uh so so again the You know, Mrs. Peak and handicap yeah, well, I, I'm aware she has a background yeah. in yeah. the in the topic, but but the ultimate gift bag. You're going to a yes, wedding. Yes, you're going to a wedding. It's in Saratoga right. Springs. I, I think you gotta have water, right? Saratoga is known yeah, for, for the, the, the springs. Right, the Saratoga Springs. They have yeah. that delicious plain drinking water. Yeah. You're going out. People are going to have a good time. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be thirsty. So I, I think you got to have the Saratoga Springs drinking water. Yeah. I think you have to have the voucher for the track. Yes. I think tickets to the track the next day would be nice, yes. but it could get a little expensive. They're not that expensive. No, do like, they have like a GA like that you yeah, can do yeah, yeah, any yeah. day? Like yeah. does it have to be just that next day? No, you, no, no. no you okay. could just buy generic yeah. admission. Like just entry. It's like yeah. six bucks or eight okay. bucks or something okay. like that. So, yeah, I could get a jersey for that. That, that's right. You can get a Jim Kelly jersey. So go to Saratoga or buy a Jim Kelly jersey. But Jim, I should put it on eBay and see how much I could get for it. 
You should. And if you don't sell it by the next podcast, you'll wear it in the podcast. <laughs> then we can take a picture of you and, and, and put it up on eBay. I think it's number 12. I hope it's – I think I'm pretty sure it is. I haven't I seen it in a like long time. I hope it's like 43. No, it might be four. <laughs> Some tell me there's a four in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but All right, so what else goes in the gift bag? What else goes in the gift bag? I think you want a little nourishment, a, right. a power bar, or some, some I don't chips. Know, or... I don't know if it's still there, but I would do a, a $20 gift card to Uma's Pizza. Okay. Now, Pizza's good. No, the reason why I say that is uh, it's to this day, every pizza I have is held up to Uma's Pizza. In Saratoga? In Saratoga. Now, I don't know if it's still there. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Uh, we went there when I was 18 years old. My buddy was... Uh, dating a friend of ours from our hometown, and she was going to Skidmore College, and we we drove out for a weekend and, and hung out with them, and we went to this place called, I think it was Uma's Pizza, and the next day, you know, you you have pizza the next day, right? It was almost as, like, almost as good. It wasn't as good. It was good. The night before, it was great. It was good the next day, and to this day, best pizza I've ever had. Are we going to do a complete Belmont Steaks preview on the next podcast? We certainly can. I mean, the triple crown is up yeah. for grabs. Now, uh, now you don't like um, you don't like this horse to do it. Justify yeah. will be the best horse in the race. Right. Justify will go off at three to five. Right. The value there does not exist. Right. Racing for a third time in five weeks. I think it's a sixth or a seventh time since mid. But you don't think Justify is good on that that distance, right? I just think you're asking a lot to run a mile and a half after right. running the Preakness, after running right. the Derby, not starting your career until February, and now facing fresh horses right. on perhaps a dry, fast right. surface. I Because the other two have been kind of muddy, right? Right. I mean, I, I think... I think from a value perspective, betting against him will be very wise. Is he the most likely horse to win? Yes. Do his yeah. two to five or three to five odds yeah. justify it? No, because he's probably legitimately right. eight to five or two to one. All right, here's here's a, a, a summertime topic. Why don't you seriously handicap the Belmont, and I'll just pick names. Okay. And we'll see who does better. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> But I don't think either of us should pick Justify because no, that 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 uh, no, that that takes away from the fun of it. You can't can't bet the chalk. Can't bet the chalk. Can't bet the chalk. We don't bet the chalk here on the bearded the beer, carcass. The bearded carcass is not about the chalk unless you're the Warriors. They're a huge chalk and they're going to win four games, five games. All right. So six? I talked to our good friend Kevin Cook, who uh, used to be uh, went to women's basketball coach. Now uh, I guess semi-retired and uh, living in uh, Beaufort, South Carolina. He actually called me this morning. He thinks Warriors and four. Yeah, so do I. Do you really? Yeah. I, I think it's gonna be, I think they're going to win one. If we one had a two. draft among all the players in the game, the Cavs would have the first pick in the draft. The Warriors would have certainly the next four. I don't know who the next player after that would be. The Warriors' talent is just so dramatically better. Yeah, like no, I don't disagree with close. that. I don't disagree with that. I just they I, also have home court. I mean, they're going to win the first two games. Yeah, no, they're going to win at home. If they win the third game in Cleveland, they're going to sweep them and win four. Cleveland but it, but better win game three. But it's it, 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 it's tough to count out LeBron. I'm not saying LeBron's going to win a championship with this group, but I think he. Can, yeah. I think they win a game, and they may. And the Warriors yeah. have shown in this playoffs that they take games off. I mean, right. they, let's be, like, be, maybe the most incredible thing about the entire playoffs is the Warriors have stunk. 
The Warriors yeah, are they in haven't the played finals, their best, yeah. and they haven't been good. And, they've turned the right. ball over. They've allowed teams to dictate the tempo of the game. Right. They had to win game six and game seven against Houston. Sir, I mean, Chris Paul. Oh, I, but you, I'm a Warrior fan. Right. It, it's funny. I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this. You watched the Celtics when they were really, really good. Yeah. I have found my interest in the playoffs and my excitement level for the Warriors in year one, it was through the roof. Absolutely. When they lost to Cleveland in year two, devastating. Yes. Last year, the rematch, unbelievably yeah. exciting. And now it's year four, and if I wasn't a Warrior fan, I'd be tired of these teams playing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, like it was kind of, I mean, it was, it was a little bit like that with the Celtics and the Lakers. Um, I mean, you still, I mean, we, we, I think that was different because the Lakers and the Celtics were probably more evenly matched throughout than, you know, this year there wasn't that type of team. You know, they weren't, and neither one of those teams were that, that, that much of a disparity in the finals. But it's funny, coming over here, I was thinking about that because I think even in like the, uh, like the 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, like, I think people get, even though it was a great rivalry, people getting tired of Red Sox Yankees. Yep. You know, and I think Warriors, Cavaliers, I think there is that element of people who are like, all right, can we just get somebody else in there? And I think that's why. Um, you know, On the th- flip side, though, I think for next year, for future years, it sets up a much better narrative. Can anybody beat LeBron James right, in the East? Right. Can anybody but, finally right, get right, by this team right. that's won three championships in four years right. in the West, as opposed to, oh, they got upset last year. Who is the best team? Like, like, like It sets up a better long term, and no one goes back and says, geez, I wish the Celtics and Lakers hadn't played. Right. Like history loves stuff like this. But in the here and now, if you're not a Warrior or a Cav fan, isn't enough enough. Well, and, and no one's really talking about this. I don't think anybody's really thinking about this. But Warriors win this year, even if it's against maybe quote unquote a subpar Cleveland team, the the Cavs. Where does this where does this kind of put? The Cavalier of the Warriors. Does this put the Warriors kind of on a footing of like the Lakers in the 80s or like the, the Pistons? I mean, it's I mean, three out of four, but it's not sustained 10 or 20 right. years of success. Let me ask you this question. No, but just in like a microcosm of like not, not the Lakers of, of ever, but the, that just that 80s yeah. Lakers team or just that the, the Bulls teams with Michael Jordan. I mean, yeah, but didn't the, didn't Jordan's Bulls they win won three, take a year yeah. off and win three right. more? I yeah. mean, it's not six championships. Right. Let, let me ask you this, though. Six straight. From the outside looking in, I think it was six and seven years. That's what I mean. It wasn't right. six straight. Yeah. Uh, from the outside looking in, do you think the Warriors, if they win the championship, it's marred by Chris Paul's injury? Is there an asterisk? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you still there's no guarantees they would have won with Chris Paul in there. I mean, you play who's on the floor. He plays on the floor. I mean, you can't. I don't think you can. I mean, Andre Iguodala. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, the 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 thing I'm saddest about in this finals is uh, I Andre Iguodala. I mean, don't get me wrong. Clay Thompson, awesome. Love love uh, love Steph Curry, KD. But I just love watching. I love the way Andre Iguodala plays. Yeah. I mean, he plays exactly the way a coach would want you to yeah. play. I mean, that, that series, he was the MVP. It was uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was so much fun to watch And the him. crazy thing about that, though, was he was the MVP for his defense on LeBron right. James. Yeah. Go look at the numbers. LeBron was incredible. <laughs> he, is, he essentially was the MVP of a series in which he limited LeBron to 30 a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's how good that sucker is. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, that's it. Let's, let's go get some air conditioning. Yeah, we got to go inside. We got to go inside. It is uh, beautiful here in Fourth Ward. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll do a contest. Uh, somebody, somebody can join us on the Bearded Carcast from from Dave's fourth floor. 
Roof. And the winner is Mike's alternative Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, don't forget, we want your uh, alternative Bearded Carcast Twitter account names, at Bearded Carcast, Bearded Carcast on Instagram. Always email us, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. Beautiful day here in Uptown Charlotte. Thanks for listening.